back. Welcome back to the Heavy Mats Podcast. If it's been a day, Venny, since the last time I saw your lovely little face. Uh, I'm back from Spain, a nice break, courtesy of Heavy Matters expense account. Um, <laughs> lovely to be back with you, mate. How have you been? Have you missed me? I've missed you, yeah. I, I, whilst you've been sunning yourself and knocking around a golf ball in the south of Spain, I've been slaving at the coal face, slaving away. But anyway, no, I'm not bitter or anything like that. <laughs> you bitter bastard. It's, um, yeah, I've had a lovely break, mate. Lovely sun in the Costa del Sol, 24 degrees, few beers on the beach playing golf around a golf as well so it's been nice i'm refreshed i'm recharged i uh i didn't listen to a lot of music when i was away actually really really good to like you with kids with kids no, like, don't. <laughs> so noise cancellers so, but i've come back and i've uh smashed out a load of albums okay. uh, oh yeah noise cancellers yeah yeah, yeah yeah um yeah so i was thinking we're in april now and that first quarter's down. Uh, how has the first quarter been for you, mate? Music-wise, new releases. Have you been happy or meh? I've been happy. I wouldn't say blown away. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think we've had a fairly consistent stream of really good releases, but I don't think I've had any 10 out of 10s across my bows yet. I think it's fair to say. But my experience is generally years tend to get better as the years go on, uh, as the months go on. And often they do save the, the the marquee releases for a bit later in the year. So it's a bit early to judge. And I'd say a good whilst not spectacular year. I don't know if that's your view on things. or I think it's been a good start to the year. I was... There's three albums that i've been going back to one which you reminded me of the other day was in flames which i can't believe was released this year uh it feels like that was released a year ago but i've been absolutely loving that again really really enjoying it um the other one's downfall of gaia which i've been going back to a lot it's been great um and the third one's enslaved obviously which has been uh you know one of my most anticipated release of the year but now we've obviously got the new immortal album coming out soon we've got well the two albums we're going to cover today saint pierce snake invasion and fires in the distance which are out very soon which we're going to cover so i will imagine the latter half of the year does usually pick up and we get an absolute hounding of releases but yeah it's been a good start so far so let's jump in shall we the first album we're going to cover is by a band called the saint pierre snake invasion did you like how I pronounced the Pierre with like a French accent? There? Very. Um, <laughs> the album's called Galore. It's out on the 21st of April on Church Road Records, a wicked label, which is uh, continuing to release loads of good bands and good albums uh, via Sammy and Justine of The Mighty Employed to Serve. So, I mean, Venny... I have never listened to the St. Pierre Snake Invasion before. So my first question to you is, when I put this to you that we're going to review it, did it surprise you I put this forward? And what did you think I would think of this album? Or the band? Good question. Yep, good questions. I mean, I 
knew about this band. They are what you might term an archetypal art tangent band, um, mm. being from that area, being from Bristol. And they've been bubbling away in the UK underground for a little while. I was, I got on board with them on their last release, uh, which is called um, Caprice Enchanté. Not sure if my oh. uh, pronunciation lives up to yours, but uh, wow. that was very much a mathy hardcore release. And um, do you know what? I, re- I I like that. I did like that. Uh, so, yeah, not a typical Joey suggestion, I would say. So I was interested when you um, put it on. And I wasn't sure if you'd like it or not. And I'd probably... Yeah, yeah. put it this way, I was a little bit surprised when you suggested it. Yeah, so was I when I put it forward. But listen, yeah, like I said, I've never listened to it before, so I went in literally blind. Uh, I didn't do any back catalogue catalog research. I literally went in and said, right, let's go from the start. Um, so was I, I didn't know what the, the name St. Pierre Snake Invasion doesn't give anything away either like the Dillinger escape plan which you hear and you know but I was um not taken aback but I wasn't expecting this from this band um I really enjoyed it mate delighted my first, great my first comment to you I, yeah I really enjoyed it um it's not a long album which for this sort of music absolutely fine we talk about length all the time um didn't put me off, you know, it's quick in and out, not massively lengthy tracks. But what I will say is the songs on this are so diverse that they kept me guessing the whole time and kept me interested. Like, first of all, this might, I don't know whether you agree with this, but the first thing, the vocals are very much Greg Pusciato style from Dillinger, um, but also the nice mix of electronica and hardcore, like you said, uh, rock, post-rock, metal, all thrown together in this melting pot. And I really enjoyed this. So that's my first point before I go in a bit deeper on some of the tracks. But yeah, I enjoyed this, mate. Great. I mean, from my background of the band, their last release, um, as I say, was much, um, compared to this at least, was much heavier much more mathy, much more hardcore. If you stuck that on, you would definitely see a lot of parallels with the Dillinger Escape Hand, which we've already kind of mentioned a couple of times. Um, and that I was expecting more of the same with this release, but I was taken aback as well in how different this album is. And is much more than just a hardcore math release. There's so much more going on. And I think you've alluded to that. And they've changed things up, certainly. They've become very much more dynamic, much more interesting in their songwriting, much more diverse in their range of influences. Um, The vocals, I think, have really come on in between records and are now much more versatile. So I was really pleasantly surprised with what they'd come up with as well. And, um, yeah, was it was quite different to their last album. There, there's also as well a hint of Nine Inch Nails on this album, vibes that they, they incorporate. But I mean, from the open, the one thing I really like about this album is the production and how 
each instrument is clearly audible, especially the bass. I'm a big fan of when bands turn the, the volume up in the mix for the bass because in this genre we've talked about before, the bass can get lost in the mix, especially with like trashy or black metal bands. But this really is bass is audible. The Everything's great. Um, I mean, the opening track, Cracked Velvet, has so much bounce on the song that it just sort of like sets the tone for the rest of the album, which, you know, you'd expect to be throughout, but there are ebbs and flows in this album as well. Um, you know, I mean, Apex Prey is a perfect example of that sort of almost dread-filled mm. song to an extent. But, I mean, the, then there's the addition of these female Bjork-style vocals on Galore, and now I know Venny, you you're a huge fan of collaborations or duets, whatever way you want to call it. So I assume you absolutely love that track. Yeah, really, it, it really enjoyed. I, I I mean I am a sucker for a, a male female mm. ca- counterpunch in the vocal, and yeah, Galore, the title track is is a little bit slower compared to the start of the album, and does have that kind of anxiety-inducing element that you've alluded to in there. But, yeah, I really liked that as well um, on Apex Prey as well. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I'm I, going to throw a few bands that I think they have moved into um, sounding a bit more like. I think even on their last album, they definitely had it in their locker or they were hinting at what they were developing into whilst being, as I say, a bit more straight ahead in terms of that mathy hardcore. They they had a bit more about them, at, even at that stage. You could tell they had an album like this in them. To me, this album evokes feelings of Palm Reader for okay. Quite a lot, a bit of every time I die, and I'm not sure if you're allowed to mention them now. They are hashtag cancelled, but Foxjaw as well from a similar neck of the woods. But they are really just on a purely musical level, um, a very interesting and um, different band, very original, and again, I guess from that Bristol scene. So I think a lot of exciting things coming from that neck of the woods and uh, this band leading the way on that the other track i want to mention is sub meccano which i have had on repeat so much the stomping riffs the electronic elements to it there's like real like an industrial stomp to it as well which is another sort of style they incorporate from the genre that song is just so like if you're i was listening to it while at the gym earlier yeah power through on that if you're going for a run power through on that it's this album is just filled with so much joy for me. Like, I, you know, I didn't know what to expect, but it really is such a joyful album in terms of, sorry, let me just rephrase that. Some of the tracks aren't as joyful as you would think. He's talking about Apex Prey. But overall, the album does bring such a sense of euphoria to me when I listen to it. And because I'd never listened to the band before, I didn't know what to expect. It was a really pleasant surprise. And... I'm absolutely delighted we've decided to review this album. Whether I'll get back to some of their old albums now you've mentioned about the mathcore, I don't know whether that might be a bit of a dampener for me, but I'm going to check it out anyway. But yeah, really good. Out- and, and this, look, 
this is me being God's honest now. I would hardly ever put an album like this on, you know, like this isn't really my cup of tea in terms of the genre, but this really is my cup of tea, this album. I'm loving this. And it's such a brilliant time to release it coming in summer as well. We talk about summer albums, having a barbecue on and in the garden. Yeah, throw this on. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And just coming back to something I mentioned at the start, I think vocally, um, I for, forgive me, I've forgotten his name, but he, he's come on a long way and now he has a lot more versatility in what his his vocal delivery and style is. He's got that more melod. Don't want to call it melodic vocal, but more of a clean <clears throat> vocal. Um, and yeah, that just adds to the diversity. I think musically, there's a lot going on in this album. The second track, Midas, has got almost a kind of a poppy synthy nature. It's quite catchy and. Um, yeah, there's all sorts of percussive and almost like xylophone instruments in there. I, I've all I've written down that it's like the band have broken into a year seven's music class and just combined <laughs> on everything at their disposal. To um, and I, I mean, going then towards the end of the album, I, the last track I pray to liars is a bit more of a rager, but it points as that really nice jazz drumming and there's an interesting kind of synth solo for want of a better word on it and um yeah so that they, they have that kind of hardcore post-hardcore post kind of uh canvas but they're bringing a lot more interesting stuff into that in this album and i think to go along with that their songwriting has improved as well to to complement that so it's not just experimentation for its the sake of it i think it it ties in well with the uh, songwriting quality as well question for you you mentioned every time i die then now i will say i think i've listened to one album which was the last one which i think had lips on it did it or something uh, I, I don't know but anyway i may listen to the last one uh briefly so i've never really i can tell you some of theirs but would it be far-fetched to say this is sort of like the English equivalent to Every Time I Die? And I don't mean like, I'm not saying in terms of um, popularity or anything, but in terms of like, you know, being sort of a bit of an underground in the scene, um, a local band. Do you, know, do you see what I'm getting at? I do. I mean, stylistically, there are elements that sound similar and that's why I mentioned them, but they, they're not particularly sonically too similar um, in terms of a direct comparison. But um, yeah, I think maybe if I was to say anything to compare the two bands, they they are just a little bit different. And I think they um, they evoke probably quite a, probably not on the same scale as every time I die, I've been going for a, for a good while and have built up quite a following. But I think both bands would build that fairly loyal underground following. So hopefully that is a direction that St. Pierre Snake Invasion are developing into. Do you think this would be their album where they might, I don't want to sound cheesy, but break out or get maybe a bit more uh, notice now? I hope so. I hope so, because I do think yeah. it is a little bit more accessible than their previous album, for sure. Um, I think they'll, they will be on stages like Art Tangent, where they will get 
to play their music to people with very receptive ears. So, um, yeah, I think this could be their time. But as we know from the volume of stuff that we get through, it's a very saturated market. I think being on Church Road is probably a good fit for them in that very much they are in the void that's slightly been left by Holy Raw. They are now a fairly taste-making label, I think, and will put put this out um, and market it fairly well. So, yeah, I think that's a good fit for them and hopefully that helps them move on to the next level. Very good. Yeah, I'd, I'd really like to see this live, uh, the band live. So hopefully we get to see them on, on stages soon. Um, yeah, overall, just it took me completely by surprise, this album. Have had a lovely time playing it. I will definitely be re- revisiting this and I implore you listeners to do exactly the same. Get behind the band, show some love when it's released on the 21st. So, um, yeah. Scores on the doors. Yeah, do you yeah. wanna, I was, coming, I was do coming to scores, mate. I was coming I'm to sorry, scores. mate. It was, you were very much giving it the rounding up uh, right. treatment. <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure. But professional as always, you carry on, mate. I've been away a week, mate, but I still got this stuff, all right? I know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, Alan's 21st, Churchill Records, so give it a listen. Now, scores, Benny. Um, I'll let you bat first, get in the crease. Sure. I've got a oh. off leg spinner coming at you. Give it to me. Good, you can rip one out of the rough. I, I'm going uh, 7.7 for mm. this record. Nice, very good. Um, I'm giving this a 7.5. And like I said, not my cup of tea. Took me completely by surprise. But nonetheless, a very, very good record. Going to have a great time listening to this. And I'm sure, Venny, that this album might get a spin or two in the camper van at Arctangent. What better place for it? Exactly. Um, yep, so it's the St. Pierre Snake Invasion galore out 21st of April. And on to our next review. Right, this is a band called Fires in Distance. The album's called Air Not Meant For Us. It's out on Prosthetic Records on the 28th of April. Uh, this is the second album from the Connecticut band, who I'm going to ask you this in a minute, Benny, but people have described it as melodic progressive death metal to an extent. Um now, their album, their debut album, Echoes from Deep November, came out in 2020, and I absolutely love the arse off of that album. Like, for a debut, like this came out when we started the podcast in 2020, so we obviously didn't cover it at the time, but for a debut album, my God, it is fantastic. So getting this in the mailbox from... Uh, Certain Will Collins and Plastic was very much appreciated. Um, I assume, Vanny, you've not ventured into this might be your first listen, so we're doing a bit of roles reverse now. Yeah, uh, and again, I really didn't know what to expect. And when you get the band name, I don't think that really gives much away. And in fact, I was thinking it might be something very mainstream or poppy or hardcore or pop punk. So... Yeah, that didn't give it away. I think the album cover slightly starts you to move you in the right direction. I don't know if it is a Elian Krantor uh, cover, but it kind of looks a bit like his yeah. artwork. 
and then the prosthetic kind of um, font and everything else. So, so that kind of moves you in the direction. But yeah, I really wasn't sure what to expect. And um, again, roles reverse entirely, but I really enjoyed this. Yes, I'm so happy because I, you know, when you just love a band so much and I know we have different, like we always have different opinions, but never massively, but it's like, I really wanted you to enjoy this album. I was so apprehensive and anxious thinking, oh no, he's not going to like it. And it's just going to be me gushing over this band for 15 minutes and you just go, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy. What um so you didn't know what to expect, but what what um what were your first takes and what what sort of made you enjoy the album? Yeah, so I I mean we talk about this a lot of putting bands into boxes, but I think mm. it's useful to have some framework to, to work from. And so I, I found it difficult and I guess that's a compliment from us to say I found it difficult to categorize it I guess death metal is in there definitely a bit doom in that it is uh-huh. a bit slower and a bit more melancholy for sure um there are symphonic elements certainly one of the first thing that struck me was the keys um and they are very high in the mix they are very omnipresent throughout the whole album. It's not just the odd track that they feature on. It's quite a consistent part of their sound. And that was one of the first things that, you know, that's slightly juxtaposition between those really heavy, slow, sorrowful guitars, but then the quite bright and high up in the mix keys. Um, that kind of juxtaposition really... Yeah, it it was I I found it a bit hard to digest at first, but then yeah, that is clearly a really important part of their sound. Yeah, and um, the other thing as well, I, I found at times quite progressive. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like you know, um, like with the keys and, and the length of songs. The first album, um, as I said, it came out in twenty twenty, and if you like this album, Benny, then you'll really like the first one as well. Um, that's what hooks me on this band was the the like you said the mix of the keys the heaviness of the guitars all of that you know me me being a huge opeth fan there are slight comparisons between the two definitely vocally there are going back to the earlier days of um death metal vocals and opeth but definitely the the song structure and i think the one thing on this album benny is that stand out is the keys for sure. Yeah, like very one of the stands out because there's a lot more points I need to touch on. But yeah, the keys really do make this sort of an ethereal feel to the album. Which you know we joke about you listening to stuff at bedtime, but mm-hmm. I feel like this is probably a perfect bedtime. Oh album. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very much. It was uh, very much on repeat at bedtimes for sure. I mean, I, I'm going to throw something at you that it just occurred to me and it's not really exact fit, but there's some things that may, that are quite evocative of it, that at times this is really quite sludgy and heavy and death metal like, but at other times it's quite bright and quite uplifting in places. And that, again, that juxtaposition is really nice. At times it reminded me a little bit of Kardashev um, in the way that it kind of, is a bit symphonic. It's a bit 
death metal, that death gaze. And whilst that is not the key part of their sound and the vocals aren't really similar, there just were elements of that that just made me think of it. Um, and mostly just the upbeat and quite bright and airy nature of the music at times that goes along with that sludgier sound uh, at other times. Yeah, and now you've mentioned it, you're bang on. Like, I didn't think of that before, but, and you're right, it's not a de- definitive comparison, but there definitely are some stylistic comparisons in there for sure. Um, I just want to touch on the vocals, right, for a minute. Um, because vocally, it has the that sort of rasping at times, and then at other times, has that real sort of death metal but slowed down sort of but what i want to touch on is and this is no disrespect to the vocals or a knockdown but for me this album musically is so good that they could get away with not having vocals on it at all and that is a compliment from my end the vocals add obviously an extra instrument to it but what i'm trying to compliment here is musically and the songwriting the song structures of the album it's so strong. They could get away with not having vocals. And they do. Um, uh, there's one track here. Yeah, track four, Adrift Beneath the Listless Waves, one. which, I, I mean, I, I wasn't sure if I had got that wrong and I'd missed some vocals that were on that track, but that is an instrumental track. And I, I think that's one of the finest tracks on the album because, like you say, is instrumental. Again, the keys are quite high up in the mix, but... Yeah, it it's so, such a strong track musically in terms of the songwriting that yeah, the vocals are just one extra part of the music without being like Kardashev where they are, you know, front and center and a key part yeah. of the sound. This band is much more not that Kardashev isn't, but this band is much more musically orientated and, and quite progressive, like you say. Um and I think yeah. that's how they can manage an instrumental track like that. And that has James Tomady from um, Burial in the Sky as a guest on the track. Okay. So, um, yeah, look, I mean, again, I talk about this, but the the production and the mix is perfect. Like, um, I know in these sort of scenario, in these, we're not trying to pigeonhole, but like the Doom, again, the bass is very prevalent in here, which you can hear, which I'm big fan of the drums are absolutely massive and the other thing is the guitar solos on this album are just absolutely lush they and this applies to everything and the, the rest of the tracks nothing on this album outstays its welcome they're not putting a solo in to show off that they can do a you know three minute solo it it's just fits so perfectly in the song and also there's other parts in here like the third track um crumbling pillars of a tranquil mind they have this like minute intro and then they come in with this absolutely stomping sludgy riff for like i mean it's probably two or three bars and you think keep going and then it goes and disappears and doesn't come back to the end of the track which is like an eight minute track and you always say about um shane Embry from napalm death is is a sucker for doing that like you know there'd be a riff and you think keep going and it will stop and that's it it's the end and they Mm -hmm. do exactly this there's no song on here that outstays its welcome i just wanted to tell while you're talking about that track three 
uh, crumbling pillars of a tranquil mind. Yeah, I picked up similar things on that track, and the the intro reminded me a little bit of a typo negative song again in very much a good way. And um, again, that that track's quite a good example of how it can be really quite bright and airy at times. They they do have a, a quite expansive guitar solo but then it's followed by this really nice orchestration and cellos i think on there and i think going back to what you said about the production i think um the orchestration and the symphonic elements on this it's no lorna shaw but it's um yeah it's really it, it really adds to the album i think for sure for me um this is the album I've listened to most this year. And we've only wow, had it okay. three weeks, maybe something like that. So that goes to show um, how much this album has had an impact on me. Um, like this album for me, it will be in my top five albums of the year. No doubt about it. Really? It, wow. It will certainly. Like, don't be surprised if we're sat here come December with me saying this is my number one album of the year. It has wow. had such an impact. Like, just everything about it, like you said, like at times it can be quite claustrophobic, the album. Like, the album title, Air Not Meant For Us, gives away a bit. But then there's other times, like you say, where it's so bright and gleaming and those solos just bring out so much light to the album, you know, brings it up from the depths of despair and just makes it shine through. I just think the songwriting is absolutely fantastic. The arrangements, like you're saying, with the symphonic parts, the keys, everything mixed in together. Vocally, it's not over the top. Like, like I said, it's being used, not sparsely, but wisely um, when required. But this band for me, um, you know, like I said, their first album I loved and I didn't know what to expect on this album. It For me, it sort of follows on from the previous album, but you can hear the songwriting's got better. They're more confident. Um, and, like, I'm not going to compare them to my favourite band of all time in terms of music, Opeth, but they have had that same sort of feeling when I first heard Opeth similarities to this band because it's something that we may have heard before but certainly not done to this extent and how well they've executed it i'm uh, i mean you probably saw this coming a little bit but comparing it to the first album do you think mm. often the first love is the strongest but what what do you feel about the progression to this album well, yeah, it's a very good question. I, I bloody love the arts off the first album. Like I said, I've listened to this extensively since we've had it because I've loved it that much. It's very hard for me to sit here. It's like Sophie's Choice, this. You know, which child do you pick? I honestly can't pick at the moment, mate. Um, can I refuse to answer your question? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was only meant in a, in a light-hearted way. I've, I'm going to follow up with maybe another difficult question. Uh, I mean, Opeth wasn't a band that sprung to mind, but as you've mentioned them, I'm going to pin on you another couple of bands that over the last couple of years have evoked those similar 
emotions in in your waters i'm gonna mention an abstract illusion and i'm gonna mention wilder run how do this yeah. band stack up to those which respectively were your number one albums in the last couple of years yeah well wilder was number one and i think abstract illusion was two or certainly high um yeah let's start with wilder run um i mean wilder run sorry are you talking about me comparing the albums themselves or musically yeah i mean i just in the way that you're talking in yeah, very okay. enthusiastic terms and i know you yeah. had really strong feelings about those two bands and as i say i think they evoke those emotions in you with a similarity to open mm-hmm. so i just wondered how this band stacked up against releases from those ba- bands that i know you really loved yeah i mean do you know i didn't even think of an abstract illusion until you mentioned it there, but there's certainly similarities there between these two musically, especially like with the term, the songwriting and structures that way. Um, yeah, and more so than Wilderon, I think that's fair to say. Yeah, whereas Wilderon is predominantly a more progressive album from the outset, you know, it's 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 not a death doom progressive, um, but an abstract illusion certainly has a lot of similarities to this album. Um, but in terms of Wilderon, I mean, again, different bands, but sort of similar styles. But certainly this, uh, Far and Distance are up there, for sure. I mean, if you're going to refuse to answer that question as well. Very politi- polit- political answer there, <laughs> <laughs> skirting around the issue. Um, like, okay, to be honest, if I had to pick Wilderon or Absatch Illusion, uh, sorry, Fires in the Distance, I'd probably go Wilderun because of yeah. my preference to the songs um, and and uh, being more on that open style. But um, it's not to say that Fires in the Distance are any less impressive by any stretch of imagination. And I'm surprised, actually, that this band isn't getting more noise. Uh, I know you don't look at social media, but I'm surprised this band isn't getting a lot more noise um, on social media. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, like we said, with uh, the Simpia Snake Invasion, maybe this is the album to do it. I mean, in a, as we've talked about, about Turns and uh, the two records, similarly in that you and I both have a relationship with each band going back a little bit longer. And I would say with the Saint-Pierre Snake Invasion, like if you really like this record, I don't think there's any guarantee that you will like their previous records. What would you say um, with A Fires in the Distance? I, you will 100% like the previous album. There's okay. no Good doubt about okay. it. It's, yeah, like, I've no danger. I'd put my hang my hat on it, as they'd say, mate, that you will enjoy Fair the enough. first album. I will go on to check that out then. Yeah, enjoy that some bedtime listening. Um, any... I'm trying not to pigeonhole this, but, it, like... For fans of Venny, um, I think what you said at the start, it's it's a compliment that it's very difficult to sort of put them in there, you know, into into a bracket and say, I think an abstract illusion is a great shout, mate. Yeah, I mean, there are doomy elements. I mean, Catatonia, we seem to throw around a lot um, in terms of for fans of but i mean there is elements of that and swallow the sun maybe more so in that kind of that heavy doom style um 
but the symphonic elements, they, um, I mean, they don't sound anything like Lorna Shaw or Dimmer Borgir or anything like that, but there is that certain um, symphonic element to it that I think um, will appeal to, 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 to fans who, who like that kind of orchestration, the synths, that um, the cellos, as I say. So, yeah, whilst not those bands entirely, that kind of grandiosity in feeling as in sentiment is what I mean. Mm. Um, an album you go back to, mate? Definitely, yeah, for sure. Oh, lovely. I'm delighted. Yeah, I think um, the other bands that at times, um, if we're trying to compare, like, at times there's like Conjure in there in terms of that sludgy sort of doomy stuff. I'm not saying this again a direct comparison, but there are times there. I'm trying to give a flavour of like what to expect from this album. But I think if you like the heavier end of the spectrum, then you'll find a lot in here that you will enjoy um, for, for listeners. And the songs are they're lengthy at times. You know, six tracks around. You know, some ranging from nine minutes to seven, but it's really an album that I just love to listen to front to back. And, but it's also as well, an album where you can pick tracks out of your favorites and just put them on, you know, individually. Yeah. So I think, um, I think it's me, isn't it mate? Going into bat now. It is. Um, is. Yeah. Look, I've gushed over this plenty as you have heard. It's going to be very high in my end of year list. And for that reason, this album is getting a 9.1. Wow. That's huge. That is huge. Uh, I mean, mine will be lower, as you can imagine. (laughs) Um, I've gone for a 7.7. Again, a really good score. And yeah, Yeah. for a band that I had no context for, similarly with you with the St. Pierre and Snake Invasion, I really enjoyed this. And yeah, wasn't what I was expecting, but a really pleasant surprise and an album that I definitely will be returning to. Wicked. Two albums on the show that we both agreed on which always makes me happy. Uh, Fire in the Distance, Aaron on Memphis, out on the 28th of April. And I'm going to try and interview those boys as well because um, that'll be a good one to have on the show. Um, and that's it for this week. So we will see you the week after, whenever you're listening to this, um, for our next show. Um, and in the meantime, you can see plenty of stuff on our YouTube channel with interviews. The boys are smashing out the reviews on the website, Fletch and Tony. Shout out to them. And uh, just generally thank you. Uh, oh, I didn't mention when it was our three-year anniversary not long ago. Oh, the cards in the post, mate. When was it? It was the, like, I, te- I, te- I sent a text. Yeah, three years. So, oh. mate, three years we've been doing this. Fantastic. Episode 78 plus a load extra interviews yeah. and specials. So, yeah, going from strength to th- strength. And um, I think we're still sticking by our New Year's resolutions well into April. So we've been very good boys. Yeah, we have actually, yeah. Um, long may it continue. And we'll have, a, we'll have a bloody good knees up when we meet at uh, Bloodstock. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've already started the uh, Clash Finder. You'll be pleased to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a bit have. premature. <laughs> yeah. Boy, four months away. Yeah. 
but I expect nonetheless from you. Um, okay, uh, mate, until next time, we are going to love you and leave you. Thanks for listening. See you next time.